Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and it is once again time for everybody's favorite episode of the podcast, Strategy Team Sessions. Woo woo! Yay. It's very exciting. <laughs> Everyone loves these guys, I promise you. Uh, for those unfamiliar with how this works, uh, this is an opportunity for me to catch up with some of my coworkers from the strategy team and discuss the uh, large number of things that they're working on at any given time. Uh, that said, I want to introduce the two eager volunteers for this episode. Uh, first is Vernon Stewart, our fearless leader and the executive director of the communications department. And second is Mike Madsen, our open records manager and uh, self-proclaimed burrito breakfast burrito connoisseur <laughs> yeah, i suppose so yes uh, how are the two of you doing today doing well thank doing you great thanks for having us scott good yeah no my pleasure to have the two of you on i really appreciate it uh, but before we get started i wanted to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around el paso county or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice But to get started, guys, I was wondering, for those who haven't heard you talk about it before, both of you have been on the podcast before, your second appearance, I think you guys are the first two to have a second appearance on the podcast, actually. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. First returning guests. This is actually a really big moment. Yeah, yeah. So wow. feel good, feel good about it. But for the, like a gold star, or yeah, something yeah, put in the ground. Uh, yeah, it's in the mail. A breakfast you, burrito, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll, you'll be getting it in the mail soon. Don't worry about it. Uh, so for those who may not have listened to your previous episodes, uh, it'd be great if you guys could talk a little bit about what it is you exactly do uh, here at El Paso County of Vernon. You're the guy. We'll start okay. with you. Oh, sure. Um, I, I do want to be clear, though. Wasn't I your very first episode? No, you were like number five. Oh, okay. Five or six. <laughs> that, that's kind of disheartening. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, thanks again for having having us on, Scott. And, you know, I've been looking forward to this, you know, with you two. It's always, it's always going to be an interesting conversation. I see your tongue firmly planted in your cheek for that comment. I'm not quite sure I believe you. Yeah, but. I, don't, I don't believe it either. But, <laughs> you know, so uh, what I do, so I, as you said, I'm the executive director of communications for El Paso County. And in my role, I oversee the uh, audiovisual team. These are this is the team that's responsible for broadcasting and in running all of our meetings that a lot of our residents see on our social media channels, on our public access channel. I also see the uh, strategic communications team. These are the folks that are running our social media. These are the folks that are are sending out our press releases, meeting uh, with our media representatives and. Uh, a lot of our community outreach that we do throughout uh, El Paso County. And also, uh, Mike, also our, our CORA, CORA manager as well. So our department also uh, maintains our uh, Freedom of Information Act request. And, uh, you know, Mike, being the guru that he is, does a really great job of that. And so those are the main elements that fall within our department. And, of course, you know, we do a lot of the communications and the media relations and the coordination of events and talking points and speeches for our commissioners and other elected officials and, of course, uh, the administration for, for El Paso County. So there's a lot that falls under that umbrella. Uh, I can't say that, you know, there's ever a dull moment within our department, but we are responsible for, for quite a lot. A lot of the messaging that, that you see, including our website, you know, again, our social media and a lot of the platforms that we are able to reach our residents. That's kind of what what we are responsible for. So, so yeah, I as you said, you know, Scott, uh, being the fearless leader of, of this group, 
it is it, it can be uh, a pretty heavy lift sometimes, but having the great team that we have, I think we do a, a fantastic job. Yeah, no, I would I would agree. I'm a little bit biased, but that's okay. Uh, Mike, how about you? Tell us about what a Colorado Open Records manager yeah. is all about. Uh, so my primary responsibility is processing open records requests that are received by the county. Um, for the offices and departments that fall within the uh, purview of the uh, Board of County Commissioners. Um, and so it just, it just any given day, you just, you, you don't know what requests are coming. It could be anything. And that's one thing I, I find exciting about my job is every day is different. You don't know what, what's going to be happening, what, what requests, what type of records requests are going to be coming in that day. And, um, and, and getting those processed properly and, and uh, efficiently uh, to meet deadline statutes, things like that. Uh, but aside that role, uh, as uh, primarily it's open records, but I also um, assist the team uh, as needed with uh, media inquiries, um, media interviews. Uh, we do, you know, our team works a lot with um, publications, and we have uh, monthly and weekly uh, newsletters and, and things of that sort that go out that, that we all contribute to. And so um, that takes a lot of work from, from our entire team. So it's, it's very exciting for, you know, there's always, it's always different. Every day is different for, I think, for all of us, for that matter. So one of the, uh, one of the attributes of a communications team, I would say, is it's usually pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, you, anywhere from, you know, large major corporations to yeah, any, any company that exists out there, the, the communications teams are usually pretty small. Right. Uh, Vernon, for you, why... Is it important then to make sure that the makeup of the team is such to where they can be relied on to do the kind of things that need to be done? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And Mike kind of hit on it a little bit. So the type of people that we look at uh, to bring in on our team are folks that have uh, multiple skill sets. Because, I mean, you said it, most communications teams are small. And so the, the value of having someone who has multiple skill sets uh, it can be extremely invaluable. Uh, and we also place a great emphasis on cross-training. So Mike kind of mentioned that, yes, his primary focus is uh, open records requests, but at the same time, he cross-trains and does a lot of the media relations as well. And so we, we put a big focus and we're very deliberate in ensuring that, you know, any one of us can step in and assist in any fashion because the nature of this of this uh, this type of profession is that you never know what you, what you can be dealing with. You know, there's media relations, there's social media, there's uh, digital media that you need to be versed in. There's, you know, writing speeches, writing talking points, press releases. And there's just so many aspects that fall within our umbrella. Having someone that knows how to do a little bit of each of those, each of those tasks is something that we put, you know, high on a uh, high on our priority list because you know, you just you just have to be able to, you know, be nimble, be flexible and adapt to whatever situation is thrown at us. So, both of you have mentioned in one form or fashion that there's never a dull moment here in the communications department. Uh, so, what are some of the things that you guys are working on right now to help kind of illustrate that? Uh, Mike, you want to, let's start with you. Well, it, it's uh it's ongoing and it, uh in our neck of the woods, um, just ver- various open records requests that, that, that have come in. Um, and, and what's interesting about what I've learned in the four years I've been uh, doing this gig is that um, the records requests and the amount that we receive uh, throughout the year, it trends 
closely with people's uh, schedules in terms of like their kids being in school and vacations. It, it really does. It's interesting. <laughs> it does. And here's what I, here, let me, I'll, I'll explain it to you. And here's why. So when, what I've realized is that, you know, like when people have uh, their kids start school in September and we're all like, all of us are parents here. We, we know how busy those times are and their focus tends to go to getting their kids started up. And we tend to see a little trickle down, like a little le less in chorus. And then it, it, things kind of pick up again. And then all of a sudden it'll be Thanksgiving will be around the corner. And it'll just, it'll just pretty much die. And then after Thanksgiving week, we get slammed again. And then Christmas vacation comes. And because people are out with their families, they're celebrating with their families and, and focusing on the, you know, their attention. And it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, uh, trend um, that I've noticed over the years. You can, you, you can pretty much predict when you're going to have a really busy influx of requests. Uh, and, and so right now, it's just after Thanksgiving, we're, you know, we're getting slammed. And there's a lot of different things that have been coming in. Um, and so I know that's pretty vague, but, but it, it, that's, that's just, that's typical. That's the job. Yeah. And I, I wanted to quickly follow up on that. So as someone who is in the position you are where transparency is key, and yeah. I mean, that's one of the core values here mm -hmm. and something that we uh, try and promote as much as possible, despite the fact that it fills up your plate yeah. <laughs> to overflowing, yeah. uh, why is it still important for you and, you know, something that you can actually appreciate as yeah. opposed to, you know, just grumble about in the corner? And I sit right across from you. Yeah. I would know if you do. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> why is it something you actually appreciate? So fr fr from the get-go, um, one one benefit for, for me coming into this role is that I've always been an advocate for government transparency. I mean, I, I didn't really have the terminology or the knowledge that, that I do now, but like, you know, you go back to when we were in college, right? And we were like rocking out to Rage Against the Machine, right? You know what I mean? Good old days. And, no, yeah, no right. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you don't know what, yeah, I don't know. Just like that idea that um, I, I've always liked the idea that the government uh, works for the people. And, and in, in this role, I, I, I hold to that. And so what's really cool about working at an, for an organization like El Paso County, where transparency is one of their core values, is that I get to be a part of that. And um, it gives me opportunities to, to um, showcase how El Paso County does uh, work, work, work hard to promote transparency and, and, and to be the leading example in that field. Um, I think one thing that... Uh, is important to understand now that you know now that I work in the in this role that I didn't understand before is that um, when we talk about wanting uh, as as citizens saying we want to see everything and anything and we want it all out there well hold on a second let's really look at what that means that would mean that businesses and anyone that wanted to would be able to to access our social security numbers for example um, our birth dates and very sensitive information that I, that I can tell you, I don't want that to be given out to anybody. And so things like that, um, I, I realize now that, that we do, as citizens, expect a certain level of, of uh, security from our officials as well. And so in this role, it allows me to see that, that, that balance and how it operates. Yeah, I, I like that. Very good. Uh, so, Vernon, what about you? What are some things that you're working on right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, though, uh, I just wanted to uh, just kind of recognize, you know, how valuable that type of mindset is for your position, Mike. I mean, Thank you. being able to recognize, for one, being able to recognize those trends, um, like with the, during the holiday period, how 
the requests kind of die down yeah. and then they ramp back up afterward. <laughs> I mean, just just knowing that and recognizing that and preparing for that, you know, it, it speaks volumes as to, you know, how well you are at your job. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, you know, having your your background as a as a math teacher and thinking very analytical like that is extremely beneficial. One wouldn't think that there would be a correlation between that, but <laughs> It, it makes perfect sense yeah. now, looking at the example that we have. But I just wanted to just kind of well, throw you. that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for me, I mean, you guys kind of mentioned a little bit of what, you know, one of my biggest priorities right now and is that's uh, kind of helping to facilitate and coordinate our, our county strategic plan. And so what, what that means is, like, you talked about our core values and you, we're talking about, our strategic plan, what we're in the process of right now doing is, is kind of formalizing uh, our strategic plan. We're working on a dashboard that'll be public uh, to all of our, to all of our residents in order to see, you know, how we are doing as far as services, as far as our infrastructure and just different elements uh, throughout the county, because we want residents to know that a lot of the decisions that we make are dip, are, are driven by data and, making sure that that data is presented in a, a, a way that our resident can understand and therefore uh, ultimately result in them understanding why we make certain decisions um, is extremely beneficial. And, you know, there, there, of course, we all know that there are residents who are more engaged than others. And, you know, this is just a, a, another platform, another tool that our, our engaged residents can use to help understand why we make the decisions uh, that we make, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of strategy that's put in, there's a lot of meetings that are going into, into this effort. And that's just one, that's one of the biggest things that we're working on. But of course, there's other, there's other big projects, like right now, one of the biggest things that we're kind of gearing up for here that, uh, you know, this week, and, you know, moving on into this next year or so, is uh, the project over at uh, Rex and Meridian, you know, I live out mm-hmm. east, there's a lot of our residents that live out east and and so we are you know we're making efforts to improve uh the safety and traffic uh traffic flow out there uh especially in rex and meridian you know i i take i I go through that intersection every morning and take my kids to school and so i'm personally uh involved uh in in what happens at that intersection as well and so that's one of the biggest things that's going on i think that's going to be uh one of the uh one of the most well-received projects out east because we all know that uh, that that this is uh, a little overdue uh, that specific project and so you know we're looking forward to that in addition to that one of the other big things that we are are working on is ensuring that uh, we are accessible to all uh, all our residents uh, through our website and so we recently updated our website and now one of the biggest focuses is ensuring that our website is accessible so when we talk about accessible, we're talking about uh, those residents that you know may have some uh, may have some difficulty um, reading or or navigating our website uh, due in, due to any types of disabilities or what have you. And so you know, making sure that all of our residents are able to access the information that we provide to them uh, is a big priority of ours and a big priority of 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 of, of the county. And so. You know, there's there's legislation that's coming down uh, requiring a lot of municipalities to fall in line with that. And, you know, I, I'm comfortable in saying that 
you know, this has been a big priority for us for quite some time, even before this legislation came down. And so, you know, that's a big effort that's going on right now as well. So one of the things you mentioned was that strategic plan dashboard. Um, How does, I mean, you mentioned that's for the public, right? Mm -hmm. So they can be aware of the kind of things we're doing and why we're doing it in the first place. Uh, But how does that public feedback drive the work that we do specifically? And Mike, you can chime in after Vernon, but I'd like to hear your response first. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, I mean, our public feedback, and that's, that's a big element of what's going to be put in place with our strategic dashboard is trying to uh, find uh, better methods on how we solicit feedback from from our residents, because that feedback will ultimately drive some of the things that we need to focus on. So, for example, if we uh, if there's a, another project out there or intersection that uh, is having uh, some you know, some issues, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, knowing that and hearing that from our from from our residents is extremely important. And we can start focusing resources towards towards that. And so. You know, understanding the needs and wants of our residents will ultimately help drive the decision, the decisions that are made uh, across the board. And as of right now, there hasn't been a, a consistent, formalized way to do that. A lot of the feedback that we get is, you know, the phone calls that we get, the emails that we get through Citizens Connect, the the, the public, the public input that we get at some of the Board of County Commission meetings, the, the emails, and so. Those are some of the ways that we have been gaining, uh, getting feedback. But we're here in the next year. You're going to see a lot more, uh, a lot more intentions in, in how we are extremely focused in making sure we understand the needs and wants of our residents. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're here to serve them, and understanding what's important to them is extremely, extremely helpful in how we make our decisions. And the only way to do that is to hear from them. And so we're just trying to create more ways in order for us to actually hear what their needs and wants are. Yeah. And, and Mike, for you, I mean, you work with the public on a daily basis right. I, in, in like a very specific type of work, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that feedback you get from them inform how you do your job? We, uh, to Vernon's point, it's, uh, it, it is received and, 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 very much considered. Uh, I can think of a couple examples. Um, going back a few years ago, uh, this is when our um, county administrator, uh, Brett Waters, uh, was, was first hired on and, and uh, to lead the county and everything. And um, and myself and uh, at the time, the person in charge of our, our, our department was Ryan Parcell. And he and I met with Brett to talk just about overall, kind of just talk about um, our processes with, with open records and things like that. And one question that had that that come up our, our little department when I first started here we were not set up to receive payment for um, staff time uh, compensation from requesters depending on the length so the way it works let me back up for a second basically every open records request under Colorado statute is given one complimentary hour of staff time and if the if the request can be completed in that one hour then there's no charge to the requester. Um, statute allows for um, any government entity to um, to charge for to compensate for staff time beyond that one hour, and there's a, a dollar amount that's that's uh, also set by the state. Um, when we met with with Brett, when we started having these conversations, the questions one one of, one of the things that because our department was was so small is we had no way of 
accepting payment from residents through a credit card. Uh, it was all done. Uh, either Sometimes actually people would pay in, on site with cash or they'd mail in a check. And when was the last time you guys wrote a check? <laughs> right? And that's the, that's the question Brett asked me. He said, when was the last time you wrote a check? I don't and carry cash either. I, so right. how would you even accept the cash? You right. Open your drawer? Or I, had the whole to, I hated it. Thing? I had to keep <laughs> the cash in my drawer until the next day that I could deliver it to finance with the, with, with the receipt and the invoice. But wow. yeah, I don't like handling cash for that oh, reason. Yeah. I don't have any, you know, we're not set up for that. And it was, and that was a really, I mean, he was right. Like, I, I don't even know where my checkbook is. Like, I don't even know if I have a checkbook at this point, you know? And so, you know, maybe, maybe you should look into that, by the way, yeah, yeah. Well, you're my, not quite sure where your checkbook well, is. My, my wife, she, 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 she's got it covered. For us. But yeah. But to that, but that's exactly it. And, and it was an inconvenience for requesters. It slowed down the process of the time where they'd receive their records and it, it created a, a, a hassle for them. Um, and so uh, we, we worked with finance and even, despite this, how small our department is there, uh, we were able to find a way to uh, um, to offer you know that that that, that option to, to residents that wanted to, to do that. Um, it's uh, the other one thing I was going to mention too that I think is, that, that's that's recent is um, Citizen Connect. Okay, yeah. uh, Citizen Connect is, is uh, a, a, a platform, an online platform on our through our website that allows citizens to very easily, I th- I think, user friendly, uh, be able to make, uh, I don't know what, you know, to share their concerns yep. about service uh, requests, service well. requests, yeah. pot, potholes or whatever potholes, the case may yeah. be. Yes. And contacting their commissioner, all kinds of, all kinds of elements within Citizen Connect. Yeah. What I, what I really like in general, I'm a firm believer in one-stop shops um, and our open records requests, uh, a citizen uh, currently and, and how it's been set up while while it can be submitted online, they have to go to a, a, its own page on the website, and um, you know it navigation. I, I, I it's okay, but I think it could be better. And this is another area where El Paso County shines because um, IT has been working uh, really hard on leading that and work. And I've been work, be able to work with them to find a way to get the request forms added to Citizen Connect. To, to give make just to for no other reason to make it easier for citizens. That's the only benefit that it brings to the table, but it's something that we all want to offer. And so we're always looking for opportunities to, uh, to, to, to you know, for those those oppor- for the to take that feedback, to look at ways to improve our, our processes um, to, to meet to better meet the needs of our citizens. So speaking of looking to things that can help improve. Uh, the way we do things. Uh, one of the emerging technologies out there in the communications field specifically is AI. Oh, I mean, yeah. this is a conversation that's been going around for quite a while, but I think now it's become a little bit more ubiquitous and something that people are really starting to consider using uh, on a daily basis in their job. So uh, why do you think it's something that we need to be paying attention to, Vernon? Oh, yeah. So, wow, this is this is a topic that I'm extremely fascinated by and something that I'm paying very close attention to one as as a professional and one as a as a as a leader of a department especially in a communications department because this new this new technology is just changing the playing field and it's it's this is probably one of the biggest developments um, throughout my career on how it can be used 
and how it is changing the landscape and how we do things. And so AI is something that uh, I've kind of preached to you all and the rest of the team that we need to start accepting because that's just the way way things are going. I mean, um, it's revolutionizing the way that we do things in ways that, you know, I would have never even thought about, you know, 10 years ago when I, you know, when I first started down this road. And so it's changed. One of the ways that it's, it's helping is it's, 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 it's a way for us to kind of complement the way that we, we do our work. And so a lot of, a lot of industries, a lot of jobs are concerned about, you know, AI technology replacing them. I'm not necessarily too concerned about that because I see, I see the AI technology as a way to complement and to to partner uh, and even improve and enhance what we do. I mean, we we've been experimenting here in our department with some of these technologies, and it's increasing our pr- productivity. It's increasing some of our processes. You know, I'm I'm finding different ways to use it. I'm encouraging the team uh, to find different ways that we can utilize it. Uh, but of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of other considerations that we're you know we're really paying attention to, and so. You know, where uh, this is something that I even brought up yesterday is that we want to I, I want to help do a, I want to do a training here for our department on, you know, the ethical uses of AI and ways that we can start implementing this technology in our workflows, because there's just, you know, the sky's the limit when you really think about it on ways that we can implement it in our processes. And so ultimately, I think that this will be a way to benefit our residents because we'll be we'll be more efficient you know, our productivity will increase twofold just because of, you know, it'll be able to handle a lot of those mundane tasks and a lot of those, a lot of those tasks that we spend a lot of time on, which could be easily handled by that type of technology and allow us to focus on things that are a little bit more strategic in nature, a little bit more outside of the box in nature and find different ways to be creative and how we can serve our residents. And so I welcome it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I know, uh, you know, there's it's it's changing every day and it's one of the fastest moving, uh, fastest moving things right now in our field. And so I'm playing paying close attention because I feel like if we don't uh, jump on this wave that will get left behind. And ultimately, that'll that'll mean that our citizens and residents will get, uh, you know, left behind on what we're able to offer them. And so, you know, I want to be at the forefront. You, you all know that I'm a big advocate for being at the on the front lines when it comes to some of the some of the creative innovative things that we do and so this is just another example of how you know we can stay on the front lines and make sure that we we stay ahead so that we can better serve our residents and in your opinion i know this is again it's more of an emerging technology and something that we haven't delved too far into ourselves here at the county but how do you how do you think you find the balance between using a tool and uh, taking advantage of it for what it is uh, versus turning it into a crutch. Now, I I think especially as uh, communicators where writing can be so um, subjective, Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to um, really put forth a lot of effort sometimes when, you know, you can have something else do it for you. But again, just just like with anything, if you uh, if you stop working out, your muscles are going to get weak, sure. and you're not going to be able to perform at 
what you used to do. Same goes for writing and, and that kind of thing where, you know, if you start using something as a crutch, then, you know, your skills are going to ultimately diminish a little bit. So how do you think we can use it as something that will benefit uh, the team and our productivity, uh, but not allow it to become a crutch and um, have us rely on it too much to where our own skills sort of diminish? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. And that's one of the I think that's one of the top concerns for people in our in our profession is uh, just making sure that you keep at the forefront that, again, at the end of the day, this is a tool and should be used as such. You know, we have many different tools in, in the toolbox as communicators, and this should just be one of them. And so one of the things that I'm going to emphasize for, you know, just for myself and for the rest of the team is to make sure that we're not using it as, as a crutch because, you know, there are a lot of downfalls, a lot of downfalls to that, both uh, personally, individually, and, you know, even in your, in your profession, you know, you always want to have those, you know, the creative, the creative juices flowing, if you will, um, and using it as a crutch, relying, you know, solely on, on technology uh, can hinder a lot of that creativity. And so you just got to find that balance. You know, you, people are, are, you know, they're going to need to take some, and this is just my suggestion to those that are listening when it comes to this emerging technology, is that take some personal accountability in ensuring that you do keep that balance. And that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll continue to drive home for myself and for the team is because, you know, if you're relying so much and solely on this, on this type of technology, it's easy to fall into that pattern and stay in that lane for the duration and it's hard it, it can be difficult to come back out of it and so to prevent yourself from being stuck in that rut of relying solely on this type of technology you just got to keep at the forefront remember this is a tool and you got to keep that balance you know we always want to have that creative touch that personal touch and you know as from what i can see right now that's just not something that this type of technology uh can provide and so, you know, I will always be in support of the human factor of, of communications. No matter how advanced AI technology gets, I will always be an advocate for ensuring that, you know, the, the human factor is still uh, prominent within, within our role. And Mike, I don't imagine you would use it so much to write, uh, but how has uh, maybe AI, maybe other emerging technology uh, helped you in the work that you do? I mean, I'm sure you got, you do any number of, you know, search, search term result based, you know, finding, um, you know, sorting through hundreds and sometimes thousands of documents. Like how has emerging technology helped you in your role just in the time that you've been here? Yeah. Uh, so, so you're, you're right in that, that, that is, there's definitely a, uh, rigor to some of the requests that come in, uh, that you, you know, you basically need to look at line by line and make sure that you're not setting out anything that would violate HIPAA or, you know, uh, someone's rights to privacy, um, things like that. And, and, and you would certainly never want anything like that to, to, to be sent out under your watch. Um, there is, ever since I started this gig, I, I get uh, private companies that reach out to us for all sorts of things. It's, it's, it's common in any profession. There's technology out there that, that these companies will claim can can do that sorting and can do that searching for me and the redaction for me whenever there's uh, sensitive information. Um, and, and I've looked at the, how, you know, what's been presented and uh, what, 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 in my opinion, 
the, the human element is just yep. necessary. Yep. You cannot hand that over to AI because something will slip through the cracks. And the reason why is because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what information in, is, is contained in these documents. And there's so many different things uh, that, that, that may, might be in there. And the only way to know for sure is, is to put your eyes on it. Um, and so I, I, I haven't been – so I, I've avoided those types of um, services. But instead, um, what, what we use is um, – Adobe is incredible. It's it's amazing, and and it's it allows for a lot of things that that we're able to meet in the middle between doing it absolutely myself or or having a you know AI do it. But what you can do in in the middle is is be clever and and figure out search terms and and words that when as, as you're reviewing these documents, you'll start to see a bit of a trend, and then you can run a, a wide search for this specific topic. And so it, 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 it's, it's a manual, but it's also using a, uh, your software and computers for what, for what it's, it's intended. The, the, by a mile, the biggest uh, software uh, is when we are dealing with uh, documents that have attachments to them. And in the past, we'd have to open each of these manually and click on each attachment. And it would take us hours. It would, and it would cost the requester more money because it was taking us more time. Right. So there was a software package that we bought. It was a, a plug-in to Adobe um, that takes those attachments and linearizes it into a book form for us. Uh, and that has saved us. That, 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 that's a tremendous amount of time. Um, and that allows us then to pass those savings on to the requester because it's now taking us, staff members, less time to fulfill that request. I like, I like to add up to that. I mean, that is just another example of a tool mm -hmm. that we have implemented. And so we talked about a little bit when asked me about the use of AI we kind of I kind of focused a lot on the I guess on the writing aspect of it mm -hmm. but there's so many different uses like you can I mean you still have to input information in to this in this AI these AI platforms which are called you know prompts mm -hmm. if you will mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know you still have to feed it information so there is that partnership but at the same time you know, I see a lot of it being used to analyze data. You know, it can quickly, you feed it all the, you know, feed it the data and it turn around and it can recognize trends. Like, mm -hmm. so you know, a lot of our email marketing campaigns, I can feed it that data and it'll, it'll spit out recommendations and suggestions on what we can do to, to one, like what, improve our click rate. You know, uh, you might want to consider changing your subject line because this'll, this'll drive, you know, more, more readership. And so there's different elements to, to this, this AI topic other than just writing. You know, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. It can mm -hmm. analyze data. It can do this. It, there's so many different things that right. it can do. So, I, I, Can I ju jump in on the AI? So I love AI, okay? This is, like, aside from my job. Like, I've been – I was blown away from the beginning. Right? Um, yeah, it's just, just blown away. But I, I got to tell you, going back – so I, before this gig, I taught high school mathematics for 14 years. And – this type of technology, not not AI so much, but with respect to math, it's incredible. It's been around for a long time, and I learned quickly in my in my role as a, as an educator how uh, like what you're saying about weakening a person's skills by using it too much as a crutch. There's a there's a website that's amazing called Wolfram Alpha, and you can type in any math equation, and not only does yes. it produce the answer. It shows you step by step the solution, and it's been it's it's been around forever. It's I got it. I got it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah you this, guys keep going. This yeah. is an awesome topic. It's man. so like, cool. So he, I love that what he brought, that he brought yeah. that up because 
literally the the night before last, my daughter's studying <laughs> for mm-hmm. for a for an algebra final, and you know I'm look you know as communicators yeah. in our field, it's pretty <laughs> common that we're not very good at math, except for you, Mike. Yeah. Of course, just, <laughs> you're an anomaly for sure. You're the exception to the yeah, rule. You're yeah, I love very it. much the exception. <laughs> and so my daughter is showing me these problems, as I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. This doesn't even look. Yeah. Like it's part of the English language to me, <laughs> yeah. and so what language is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what I ended up doing, and this is this is just one of the coolest one of the cool things. It's like you can. I took a picture of you can take a picture of the math yep. problem. Yep. And then the, feed it in. Yeah, you feed it in. Yep. You send it in, and then it. It's, and so the question I asked is, hey, uh, solve this problem and explain it to me like I am a fifth grader. <laughs> yeah. And so it broke yeah. it down. It broke it down in very simplistic right. terms. And so I'm able to help my daughter with her homework right. by by using this as a tool. And so it's telling me how to solve it as a fifth grader. And I'm then again trying to feed it to my daughter <laughs> and help her understand the concepts as well. And so, I mean, that's just that's that's, powerful. That's life changing. It is, you know. And, and and when it's used that way, it's so powerful because now you have a tutor in your home. Yes. But what was happening when I was teaching is now all of a sudden I had to make sure that kids didn't have their cell phones with the Wolfram Alpha app on it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. so there's this other side of the coin. Uh, another example that I, I remember seeing once, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with the slide ruler. I, would, I don't know. That's, is that a math okay, thing? Okay, it is. So okay. Let, let me ask you this question. If I asked you what the square root of 2 was, how would you go about giving me that solution? Scott, what do you got? Square root of 2. How would you go about it? I, I said you can use whatever tools you want. What would you do? <laughs> Exactly. This I is the know, problem. You know. I, sure, yeah. you do. You would take out your phone. You'd open your calculator app. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, you just and you type. I, in the no, I, like honestly, I don't even know the square root button on the calculator. <laughs> fair so, enough. Uh, that's not a great okay. answer for me. Okay, but. fair enough. So, so let me. Okay, so let me give you this example. I saw it was. A, it was. A, I was watching TV once when I was. You know, I remember. I was just kind of kicking about watching television, and, and, and this clip came on, and it was. It had, it had this high school student, and she had a, a TI-84 graphing calculator. And next to her was, was an old-school math teacher, and he had was a device called a slide ruler. Okay. Because calculators have not always been around, but I can tell you that humans have been able to calculate the square root of 2 well before calculators and technology. So how did they do it? Well, one, one device that, that they used to use back in the day is something called a slide ruler. And this was – it would look like kind of having three small rulers next to each other, and the middle uh, – ruler, if you will, would slide and it'd have a, a number line on it. And and each line would deter, would be an operation, a mathematical operation. And one of them was a square root. And so they, they what they were demonstrating is that, okay, take the square root of two. And the girl was able to produce, the high school student was able to produce a solution quickly. And the guy with the slide ruler, it took him about, you know, about 30 seconds, maybe a minute to get there. And the point was they were trying to say, look how great technology is. But as a math teacher, when I saw it, I said, which one of those people understand what it means? Like, what does the square yeah. root of 2 mean? Right. If I told you the answer was 1.41 approximately, what does that mean? Right. And this guy with the slide rule would be able to say, well, it's the number that when you square it, you end up with 2. And the girl with the graphic calculator would be like, I don't know. It's just it's the answer. It's yeah. just, yeah, all you did was ask for the answer. Right. I gave you the answer. I gave you the answer. <laughs> and I think that, and so that, that what I'm getting at is, is that's the same thing with, with our role. Now, I will, I'm going to make a confession here. I've been using AI, man, in our team for a while. <laughs> and and I, my, I have a buddy who, who, who was a, a developer with uh, 
was uh, not a developer, but uh, was a, te a, a test in a test group for uh, ChatGPT. So I saw it mm -hmm. over a year ago, and I, I was blown away. And so Bard came out with Google, yeah. and when we would need talking points, I would go to Bard, yeah. and I would say, write me talking points for this, this, and this, from the, you know. Yeah. And it would produce you that list. Now, what do you do with that list? Do you send it straight to Vernon and Natalie? No. 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 Right. What do you do? You gotta, now you got to do, okay. It, the human it, element. Human element. Yes. Here's some ideas to get me started. Yep. And that's what I find it to be yep. so amazing about is it gives it, oh, that's a good, I didn't think yeah. of that. And so I think that's what you're, what you're seeing a lot, especially in our field. A lot of people are, and I guess it's, I don't want to say it like this, but this is, what I'm hearing and seeing that a lot of people are implementing uh, these techniques and these tools in secret in a sort of experimental type of way right. to see if this, this, if this is something <laughs> that can improve their processes and productivity. Right. And, and so you're seeing that. And mm -hmm. I, and, you know, I, I know I see it, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've walked by and I'm seeing, oh, okay, they're, they're, <laughs> they're using something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. But again, it goes back to that balance. And again, you know, you got those talking points back. But yeah, of course, you definitely do not mm -hmm. want to just send that as is. You got to put the human element in it. And so right. that's, that's, I think that's the biggest part of dealing with this new technology. Very good. Yeah, I could talk all day on this. I was going to so say, right? so be better yeah. move on to the next oh, topic. Yeah, yeah, we'll, be, yeah. we'll be here all day. Yeah. A whole episode by itself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, what is a recent success that you both have had and why is it important to the work that you do? Brian, we'll start with you. A recent success, I think, um, are we talking about personal success or? Well, you can take it as you want, <laughs> man. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about Mike? Go first. Okay. Oh man, yeah. deferring to Mike <laughs> no, over I, here. Okay, hey, that's all right. I, I mean, I, I, I was on the assumption this was based on work, so I have a uh, a work answer for you. Sure. Um, so one one thing that I love about our team and our leadership is how open everyone is to new ideas and to, to, to allowing us to try new things. And sometimes that means that we try and we land on our faces, and sometimes it means we have something really cool. Uh, that w as a result. And um, recently, one of the ideas that was, I brought to the table was this idea that when either Vernon was on vacation or when Nally was on vacation, that one of us would be able to step up as what we, were, what we refer to as the interim deputy chief role. Yeah. And uh, to my excitement and surprise, that they, this got greenlit with Natalie and Vernon. They don't know what they started. <laughs> you have no idea the power you've given up us. Pandora's box. That's right. And uh, it was a it was a few weeks ago that that uh, uh, they they allowed me to, to to wear that hat for a few days, and it was really it was really cool to be able to get that leadership experience in, in, in an in an environment where I'm it was absolutely hands on, and it just so happens during that time that there was a request like an open records request that came in, but also, I mean this this one was sort of a open records, but really but a media request uh, by a reporter that, that was uh, working on a story um, regarding the expenditures of the county. Um, every, I think every month the county is required to... Yep. By state law. Yeah, by okay. state law mm -hmm. to publish uh, the expenditures uh, for that month in, in a newspaper. And this reporter had gone through that and, and, and had some questions about some of the expenditures, and, and that was the story was focused on. And so I worked with Vernon. Uh, we worked a lot with Nikki Simmons, from our, our finance director, to make sure that we were uh, pr providing answers that were, of course, 
right, correct answers. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I sweat about, right, is you, you want to be right. You want to make sure you're giving them information that is accurate and, cor- and correct. And, and uh, Nikki's amazing, and uh, she, she worked with us on that and Vernon as well. And she was, Nikki was interviewed for the, for the story that this reporter did. And, and the story came out, I think it was last week, and uh, it was really, it's just really, there's something really cool about seeing that because here's a story now. It, it, it does what I want, what I believe in. It, it, it was a story on tra- government transparency and on, on, on how those funds were used and why they were used and what the decisions were made by our, by our, our people, by our staff, uh, and, and how that money was, was, was spent. By, because we, we all do. We all see that. That is, our, that is taxpayer dollars, and we're all taxpayers here. And I expect every government entity out there to do the, do the right thing with with, with those taxes and, and um, whatever that may look like. So so that story came out, and it was I, I think that was very fulfilling to see that story come out that was on point, accurate, that told exactly what was happening behind the curtains. Uh, so that that I'd say that for me anyway, that was that was a success being able you to know, be part I, of that. I, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Mike, just having you be able to be a part of. You know, some of the stuff that you all likely uh, just don't see, you know, on an mm-hmm. everyday basis, being a part of those conversations is, you know, you sat in on some stuff that I was actually dealing with on, on the admin and staffing side <laughs> yeah. of, of our department. And so I, I had mean, no idea, yeah, man, yeah, so <laughs> Peek behind the curtain, you know, yeah, yeah. be careful what you ask for, <laughs> because there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot that goes on, yeah. you know, so, you know, that was really cool. And that is uh, something that, you know, me and Natalie are extremely uh, happy to do because you know it gives you all that that bigger picture bigger picture look at what you know some of the things that are dealt with uh, throughout the department and also just give you that that experience and kind of seeing because we we want you all to grow uh, professionally and just being able to to offer that is just I mean that's easy that's an easy thing that we're able to do and so yeah so so for me a recent the hardest thing for me Scott is just picking. One, just because you have so many, n- not me, <laughs> <laughs> not me personally. Must be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder I'm what not, that's like. <laughs> I'm not really referring to myself right, personally. Right. I'm referring to, you know, I, I, I don't really want to speak on any personal successes because, you know, I, you know, I'm a very, I've always kind of prided myself in being in the the epitome of uh, being a team player, and so. You know, I have spent most of my life on a team, whether it was the military, whether it was sports, whether it was, you know, working in in a department. I've always been, you know, on some sort of team. And I I always have preferred to operate in that in that environment. And so talking about recent successes, I'm you know, the first things that come to mind is we did that that whole website redesign. I mean, that was a big that was a big uh, initiative, mm-hmm. just kind of overhauling our website. Our website was so outdated, it was difficult to navigate. And so now it's, now it's, it's, it looks great. We brought it up to, you know, brought it, brought it up to code, if you will. Right. Cause it was just, it was just in, uh, in, in um, it was difficult. And so uh, that was one of the biggest successes I think that we've had in the last year. Uh, getting fully staffed, mm-hmm. uh, I think, was one of the one of the, the the proudest successes I think that me and Natalie have because when I first got here, we were missing what two or three, yeah, two or three positions, <laughs> yeah. and we had to advocate to add a, another one, the uh-huh. webmaster, to kind of help with the website and everything. And so, 
I think that is probably the big success is getting in uh, a, a very capable and creative and a well-functioning team in place in order to uh, help us drive our drive our mission and be able to uh, better serve the residents of El Paso County. I think that's the the biggest ones that I can kind of list out. Very good. And then uh, before we close things out here, I want to give you guys each an opportunity to add anything else that you think would be important for listeners to know about. If if I could jump in on that, um, I I just want to take a minute to really, to truly speak about what it, what, what, what it's like being employed, uh, being part of the team at El Paso County. And, and I, I can tell you without, I mean, just absolutely my, my true feelings on that. And it, it, it's such an amazing place to work. Um, the uh, leadership works so hard to provide us with the best, most competitive uh, compensation packets that, that, that they're able to provide. And that this, this especially is true with our uh, benefits when it comes to our medical benefits. Uh, we're just, it's something I'm just, I'm just grateful for, and it's very humbling to see how hard everyone works to take care of their people. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, too, that is really – that I, uh, another example that I just love about El Paso County, I shared some of the, about how our team does, and our leadership and our team, like Vernon and Natalie, work so hard to uh, allow us to o- take ownership of our, of our positions, and, and it definitely feels that way. Um, but but a, 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 as a whole, the county's always, not only is the county looking for feedback from its citizens, but the county, the leadership is always looking for feedback from its staff members. And, I, and one of those, uh, some of the feedback they received was, was a request for, more internal training and the county the hr our human resources division launched this incredible program uh mentor mentee uh mentorship program uh, that i'm a part of and that i'm i was that i'm so lucky to be a part of and this is what's so amazing about about it is my mentor is stacy quiddick the department of human services director now stacy's over she, she oversees over 800 staff members and and that's at the Department of Human Services at DHS in my opinion one of the most vital roles that our county offers I mean I, I wouldn't say the most because there's so many I mean we could talk all day about the important roles but that one is one of the most because they are protecting those you know, our citizens that are the most vulnerable and so I have a lot of respect for the, for that for the Department of Human Services already but I but I but this has given me the opportunity this mentor mentorship program has given me the opportunity where I get to sit down with Stacy Quiddick two times a week for an hour and, and pick her brain on what leadership is. And, and, and she's amazing and she's helping me learn and, and, and challenging me to even, even now in my current role to start implementing those leadership practices. I mean, how, how cool is that? So that, that's really, that's the one thing I want to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so, so for me, the one thing that I would like to like to kind of focus on is, just, you know, to the listeners out there, just know that, you know, we have some really great people that work here at El Paso County. And that definitely does start at, at the top, um, with, you know, starting with our elected, uh, elected officials and our commissioners, you know, just seeing, you know, some of the things that they're, that they're extremely passionate about and how that translates into how our residents are served down to our county administrator and county attorney. You know, I'm, I'm in a lot of the meetings that a lot of the, the top issues and a lot of the uh, strategic direction, a lot of the items that we deal with are discussed. And it's just, it's, you know, it's really inspiring to see how passionate, you know, our top leadership is about some of the issues 
and some of the some of the things that we're wanting to do for the residents of El Paso County. And of course, that trickles downhill. You know, I've I've worked at you know most most uh, almost all levels of government. You know, city level, county, state, and even the federal level. And so, there's just something to be said about working at the local levels of government, whether it's city and county, being able to directly impact and directly serve the community that you live in. And so that is extremely, you know, I take that, you know, I I take pride in knowing that, you know, the community that I live in is something that I can directly uh, assist and help, you know, and there, you know, there are people in these positions and, you know, we all, you know, from what I've seen, we all want to do great work and, you know, just having a great team, you know, around me is something that, you know, I'm extremely grateful for. And, you know, it it just, we're always looking for ways that we can improve. We're always trying to uh, improve our processes, be innovative, be creative and in ways that we can reach our residents and best serve them. So we're always open to feedback. And so, you know, we have newsletters, we have social media, we have, we have, uh, you know, we're live streaming, we're broadcasting, we have our website, we have so many different tools and avenues of ways that we reach our residents. But if there's anything that we can do to uh, reach you to those that are listening, better ways that we can uh, improve, uh, don't, please don't hesitate to reach out to us because we're always looking for ways to better serve you. And so, you know, we just ask that, you know, let us know what we can do to improve. We're always looking at doing that. And so, yeah, I just wanted to close with that. Great. Uh, well, thank you both. I appreciate the two of you taking the time today and for all the work that you do here at El Paso County. So thanks for joining me. It's been really nice. Yeah, thanks for fun. having us, Scott. It was fun. <laughs> look forward to next time. <laughs> if you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 